Michael, what I also love about you is that you're a creator, right? Um, and you you actually started off your your journey, I guess, in life, quote unquote, as a creative, and then slowly transitioned more into like the professional institutional realm through BlackRock, A6 and Z and whatnot. But you've still kept true to your roots as a creator with like your your somewhat pseudonymous identity online called XOR, right? And I and I remember um was it about a year ago when you did your your first drop? It was I think it was on Nifty Gateway. If I'm not mistaken. I remember that, um, particularly because I, I remember seeing your brother your brother promote it and coming across this like this numerical ish pixelated type of art that I'd never really seen before that really caught my attention. How do you find the time between creating and like being a, a DJ and software developer and creating for the sake of creating to then kind of like pursuing more of your professional endeavors as you do? at A16Z and prior at BlackRock, et cetera. Yeah. I think I'm, you know, very fortunate to say that my, uh, my, I guess you could say my work life and my DGen life are kind of overlapped because mm-hmm. it's all crypto, right? And I love crypto and I love to think about it all day. And, you know, so I, I basically think about crypto 24 seven. It's just like, what components of crypto do I think about? It? Uh, and, and so Balancing, I usually say I'm, you know, an investor by day, uh, you know, XOR by night. That's like kind of the what, what what usually happens. Um, I usually work on my personal projects at night where I, you know, do business as usual stuff during the day. But it's all related. It's really just crypto twenty four seven. Got it. So when when you're creating a piece for XOR, or even before we even get into to the actual development, how did you come up with the branding around XOR? Like what what is XOR? really mean i get the x zero like i get that right that's like an ethereum address but why why just leave it with or um, so so xor is a bitwise operation in computer science what that means is it's a mathematical operation when you're when you're you know working with just like ones and zeros at the very low level of a computer and the Got reason it. why and there, there are a lot of these bitwise operations right so xor is one or just or itself is one and is another they're logical operations right and the, what, what's so interesting about XOR, though, that's different from all the other ones, is that XOR, I mean, listen, they're all used like this, but specifically mm-hmm. XOR plays a critical role in cryptography, okay? A critical role. And it stems all the way back from, like, the, the most basic, like, cryptographic um, ciphers um, that exist. I think that the, the first one is called the one-time pad. It's, like, a very basic cipher you, you will learn in, like, introduction to cryptography, and literally the encryption mechanism of encrypting like a piece of data is applying the XOR operation to it. Okay. That's like Got the, it. so, so it, when I think about crypto and I'm like, if I'm going to be a crypto artist, what is a, a, a word or a name that I can use that is very native to the space? XOR was like it. I don't know. I, I had like a few options, but like XOR just, it just stuck for me. Got so uh, that's, it. that's where XOR comes from. So can you talk to me more about the the style of art, like the theme of art in which you use these these numbers to kind of display images and faces and why you ended up going with that direction? And even beyond that, the creative process of actually generating a single piece, like what does that entail? For sure. So uh, yeah, I'll start at the high level. So basically the art that I usually create is ASCII art. Um, ASCII is you know an, an American standard for mapping basically also ones and zeros to letters. Okay. Um, and it's creating images based off of characters. So A to Z, one, zero, period, question mark, exclamation point. So using all of these, you know, characters on a keyboard to create images. And it's very um, relevant in the like hacker community, right? So oftentimes when you, 
if you've ever seen like in the movies, like people are typing on this like terminal command line and it looks like super complicated and then it will like print out stuff. Um, you know, oftentimes when you're dealing with new software as a software developer, you know, when you run the software for the first time, the, the software will like print their logo in ASCII, um, you know, in, in this like, ASCII art, right? So it's like, it's like this kind of like low level thing in, in, in you know, in the hacker community, I guess. Um, so that was like the style. And I had that, honestly, it, my friend sent me this really crazy thing where you can like pipe into this server and it would then proceed to show you the entire Star Wars movie in ASCII. So like all the images, all the characters were completely composed of ones, zeros, and letters. Got it. Moving Got around it. the screen, right? So I saw this, I'm like, wow, like this is so cool. So, you know, for me, that was like the style. And then the other side of it was, instead of just like, you know, creating images with like ones and zeros, what if those ones and zeros and letters actually meant something, right? Like they, they had a real meaning. They weren't just like random. Like if you go online to like an ASCII generator and like drag and drop an image, it will like spit out, you know, an ASCII art or an ASCII version mm-hmm. of your image. Um, but I, I didn't like that. I, I wanted to do it where it meant something. And the the first piece I ever created to kind of experiment with, with this idea was called Merkle. And it's basically a technical or a visual representation of a Merkle tree. And a, a Merkle tree is a kind of a, a, a primitive, a cryptographic primitive used a lot, like heavily in the Ethereum ecosystem and, and blockchain in general. And basically, when if you were to go look at this image, you see this image of a tree, but within the roots of the tree, uh, numbers are moving. But those numbers are actually transaction hashes from a very specific block on the Ethereum blockchain. So it's real blockchain mm. data. And the reason why they're transaction hashes is because the way a Merkle tree works is, you know, it's kind of outside the scope of the of this conversation. But basically, when you have like a lot of transactions and each transaction has a transaction hash for people who are in this ecosystem, you are probably very familiar with that. Basically, it's a way of taking all of those individual, oops, sorry, taking all of those individual transaction hashes and combining them into one, you know, root hash, mm. which is known as like, which contributes to a block hash so if you ever go to like a block on etherscan and you see like right. a block hash, part of that calculation of that comes from the individual transactions it's kind of like a tree right you have all these individual transactions right. and get sucked up to this root hash so i wanted to visually create that but i wanted to use real data and, and that was merkle tree so that was the first example of how i you know changed these characters to, to mean something and then after that it kind of shifted more toward code so now i would do you know visual representations of some Ethereum tech and, but use the actual code, like the actual solidity code of that technology within the art. And the best example of that is I have one called 721. It just has the letters NFT, but the letters NFT are composed of the actual ERC 721 standard implementation. It's like the actual solidity code is with running through the art itself. So that's why every time I would get inspired to create like a new piece, it was really a result of me just learning something new in the ecosystem. So I'd learn some new technology and then I would just take that technology and create a visual representation of it um, through ASCII and code. And the reason why I did that was because I wanted, I think, you know, at least at the the beginning of the time when NFTs were starting, like I felt like a lot of people really didn't quite understand how NFTs worked under the hood or different components of it. Like it was kind of like this high level concept, like image Mm -hmm. on the block. What does that even mean? And this was like by me creating these images and 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 re- releasing them to the world, and people would would read 
the short descriptions of each art, uh, piece of art. It was basically a way for me to sort of like educate or, or like share some knowledge in a succinct and simple to understand way of how a critical technology actually works under the hood. And it's important to me because like we use this stuff every day. Like believe it or not, XOR is used every time you sign a transaction, sort of, right? Like it's just like, these are things that you're, you, you use every day, but you're just not necessarily familiar with how they work or that they're even there. And that's the point of, 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 of me creating in this space is kind of peeling back the, the, you know, the layers and kind of Got diving it. in. 